Part 4, The Gathering of Eagles. Chapter 7, The Pillar of Self-Control. I called Bernie as soon as I landed in Ohio, but got his voicemail. I hung up the phone and gathered my baggage from the plane. Inside, I was a bit disappointed, but only because I felt I was about to brim over and I wanted to share what I was learning with someone else. I needed so badly to talk with Bernie about Dennis and Ed's story and to learn about that seventh and last pillar. I collected my bag as quickly as possible and stood on the curbside. Nestor, Nestor, wait! I turned around to see Bernie running toward me on the sidewalk. His face was smiling and his arm was raised and waving. I picked up my bag and walked toward him. Bernie, I just called you. Well, I'm glad I caught you. Did you have a good trip, Nestor? Well, more than good. I've learned a lot, and the flight home with Jerry was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I'm about to enter the jet stream. Bernie reached out to grab my luggage, and we got in his car. Dennis and Ed had a lot to teach me from their experiences, Bernie. It sounded like they learned it the hard way. And what an asset the pillars are to all of the business. Well, that's the truth, Nestor. Sometimes the only way for God to teach us is to let us learn from wrong choices. We were driving on to the expressway. Nestor, I'm sure you can see now that I was part of a seven-man team. The beautiful part about what you are learning from Jerry is that he was able to learn from our experiences. He was the first to be able to understand our individual strengths and our individual weaknesses. And then he was able to build all seven pillars in his own life. That's the key to his success. And listen to this. Jerry always says it can be duplicated. He was able to learn not only why success works, but how success works. And when that system is duplicated, it can be passed down to employees, families, and friends. Immediately, I remembered my thoughts in Medellin when I first met Jerry. I had learned the laws and why they work, but now I was also learning how they worked. That was the huge difference, and there's so much wisdom between the pillars of wise planning and common sense. I'm recognizing the thin line between wanting to set my goals high and then achieving what God is doing. And at the same time, I'm learning to be able to respond and adjust as God leads me through a change in strategy. I want to learn to be flexible. Nestor, I can only tell you that hearing the voice of wisdom takes practice. Now you're going to learn to finely tune your ears and distinguish between your will and God's will. Well, Bernie, one thing that's really been interesting is to see how different each one of the owners is. It's hard to believe that you were all working as a unit and each had such different temperaments. Well, Nestor, I think that's the key to developing a team. It takes a lot of blending and focusing of each person's gifts and abilities. We were like engine cylinders firing at the correct time. It really takes an orchestration to develop and include each person. I know that there is nothing lonelier than trying to become something you are not meant to be, Nestor. Did you know that the majority of working people are doing something they don't like? There are so many groups of people working together who were never meant to be a team. Well, Bernie, I know that feeling. Bernie smiled and agreed. I do too, Nestor. For years, I tried to be something I wasn't. I have a strong gift of exhortation, but I'm very melancholy as well. I acted out of impulse all of the time. 
and I was very sensitive to criticism. Well, Bernie, I want my steps to be directed and intentional. Well, then, Nestor, remember this. The steps of good men are directed by God, and he delights in each step they take. If they fall, it isn't fatal, for God holds them with his hand. Nestor, don't be afraid to fall. We're all going to make mistakes, but because we are all sheep and need a shepherd, we now have that shepherd. And although you may feel clueless and lost at times, you will never be aimless and misguided. Bernie, our steps are ordered. Nestor, before I was a believer, I was trapped in a job that I didn't really like. And that's where I met Dennis. We were working as salesmen for another company, and my life was a total lie. I acted like I was rich, but in reality, I was broke. My story's a lot like yours. And we both had great wives that would help us and were there to believe for us. I had finished working out of town, and I was leaving early because I had an interview the next morning with another company. The guys always liked to unwind when we were finished, but man, I needed to go home. And Nestor, I knew at that time in my life, I also needed a change. Driving home, I knew that I was going to run out of gas, and I had no money. It was late at night, and I felt myself getting tense, thinking that I was going to get stranded and miss my interview. And then the inevitable happened. My car sputtered on the side of the road, and I began the long walk home. I couldn't see anything. Tripping through the weeds and loose pavement, I busted the heel off one of my shoes, and so I took them both off and walked about three miles in my bare feet. Nestor, I got to the exit ramp, and my feet were aching, and I sat down and rested along the roadside. I sat there on the knoll, and, and I asked God for help. I didn't know who God was or even if he was, and just then some lights came over the hill. As the car drew nearer, I recognized that it was Dennis. Man, I'll never forget his words. Hey, how you doing, partner? Dennis helped me to his car and drove me to get some gas, and he actually bought it. God was teaching me interdependence. Nestor, we all want to be independent, but God wants us to be interdependent. Uh, that's dependent on him and others. Well, Bernie, that's sort of like the individual pillars all sharing the distributed weight. Yes, exactly. And then when Dennis bought me some gas, he took me back to the car and listen to this. He poured it in the tank for me. Some kids passing by honked and called him stupid for running out of gas. Here he was, my friend, bearing my burdens and sharing my shame. He even called me the next morning to make sure that I got to the job interview. We do need relationships with one another. Nestor, there are two types of relationships we experience, optional relationships and providential relationships. Dennis was a providential relationship, a person provided by God to me during a specific season in my life. Providential relationships inspire us towards our destiny and encourage us in moments of change. Think of the providential relationships in your life, Nestor. Man, I'm sure you've had many. I began to think of the many mentors in my life, and I was immediately reminded of the gift of friendships and encouragement that so many of my friends had given. Many of them I haven't seen or talked to for years, but they were all people that God provided to help mold my character. Bernie pulled into the hotel parking lot and asked me, Do you have the monument? Yep, it's right here, I said, handing him the pillars.
Well, Nestor, here is the seventh and final pillar. The pillar of self-control. A person without self-control is as defenseless as a city without walls. Do not follow the examples of the wicked. Avoid their haunts, for evil men don't sleep until they've done their evil deeds. Above all else, guard your affections, for they influence everything else in your life. I opened Bernie's box and placed the last pillar on the marble monument. My mission was nearly over. Nestor, now I'm about to issue a challenge. When you have established the pillar of self-control, you have set into motion a cosmic event. By learning to delay your immediate gratifications, God will now give you the desires of your heart. Listen to that truth. He doesn't always give you what you desire, but he can actually redefine the desires of your heart. Your heart begins to change. Your desires begin to change. And that's why it's so important to guard your affections. Nestor, that is the essence of the pillar of self-control. Guard your affections for they influence everything else in your life. Self-control means controlling the tongue. A quick response can ruin everything. That's one of my favorite sayings because the world we live in today is filled with voices and promises and advertisements and arguments. And normally we want to respond immediately to those voices. Self-control means controlling the tongue. When I find myself struggling, I remember this truth. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of the mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or it can destroy it. Remember, Nestor, it only takes a spark to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of the mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Cursings and blessings come out of the same mouth. The two aspects of self-control are what you say and what you do. Not only do you need to watch what you say, you must watch your actions as well. We are what we do. That's why it says avoid the haunts of the wicked and guard your tongue. That is personal mastery. Well, Bernie, there is so much wisdom there. I feel like right now I could teach it to the world. Nestor, don't be in any rush to become a teacher. Teaching is a highly responsible work. Teachers are held to be the strictest standard and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech is perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Well then, Bernie, what am I supposed to do next? Nestor, I'm about to issue you a challenge. I now challenge you to be great. I dare you to reach the full potential that God has in your life. Nestor, I dare you to enter the chrysalis. What do you mean, chrysalis? Well, Nestor, it's a very special place. The place where we stop talking and begin listening. It's the state of transformation. 
In order for a butterfly to emerge, it must experience death to itself. In the chrysalis, every cell must experience a breakdown that brings about our massive change. In the chrysalis, you literally die to the past. All things must become new. You cannot erase the past, Nestor. You must displace the past. The chrysalis is where you enter the state of change and transformation. And then God will do the rest. When a monarch butterfly is created, it begins as an egg. When the egg hatches into a caterpillar, it has only one command, eat. The caterpillar is an eating machine. All that it does is consume. And that's the way you were, Nestor. When you achieve that success, remember how you consumed and consumed and consumed. More, more, more. Me, me, me. I want, I want, I want. And that's why you had to die. When you experienced your failure, you became teachable again. It's now time for you to experience the chrysalis of total transformation. In 10 days, a caterpillar will transform into a butterfly. And after those 10 days, the caterpillar will emerge with four new operating systems. New eyes to see differently and an enlarged heart that will move from crawling to flying. A new digestive system that depends on nectar rather than milkweed and a new reproductive system that will replace the old process and produce a whole new generation, a new creation, no longer crawling but flying, no longer eating weeds but feeding on nectar, no longer living a life of consuming but living a life of pollinating. Your desires are changing because you are changing. And that's why the invitation to the gathering of eagles is so important. You are to breach the cycle of the old and lead a new group of people that will experience transformation, metamorphosis. You will change from being a consumer to becoming a pollinator. God is moving. I will set the meeting for tonight. Remember, Nestor, bring the invitation. Thank you.